to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my line mate Matt with me. And today we've got a, a buddy of ours from across the world, Blake from Australia. How are you doing, man? Yeah, Mike, doing really well. Thanks and appreciate you guys having me on the pod. I've been you, a huge fan for a while now. It's really cool, man, that you know, you're from Australia and you're a Blackhawks fan. I can honestly say that you are my uh you're the first Blackhawks fan that I know from Australia. When I look at the podcast analytics, it says that there are seven, I think 17 or 21 people that listen from Australia, which is incredible. I consider you the first one. So, uh, <laughs> so thank you for, uh, for listening to us. Um, you know what, man, tell us how you, um, how you became a Blackhawks fan. Yeah, thanks. A uh, really interesting story. Um, so I work in an investment firm. Um, and I live in the state of Queensland in Australia. And one of my colleagues at the time, he had been living in Canada for the last 10 years and married a Canadian girl. And um, Australia is a big country where everyone loves sport. So obviously there's a lot of banter in the office, back and forth. And he said, have you ever, have you ever looked at um, what the best sport in the world is? And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, ice hockey and I go no I've not really seen ice hockey I've seen a few fights here and there I've seen on TV occasionally but I've never really had a look into it and he said mate it is the fastest and most brutal sport in the world and you'll love it (laughs) and so from there literally I was just hooked almost instantaneously so that night after he sort of um, introduced me to the sport. I sort of, and we're talking, this is like mid 2010. So like, this is right at the height of the Hawks dynasty, right? And he's a massive Calgary Flames fan because he lived in Calgary and that's where his girl's from. Uh. So, um, yeah, so, uh, we, I started like researching. So, uh, from the line of my work, I do a lot of research on different things and I just started researching and I just fell in love with the franchise and the original six, the history. I liked the emblem. I liked the colors. I liked the style of play, Taser, Kane, like just some, just some of the players historically as well. Like, so, um, from there, I really just fell in love with the Hawks and, and when I get behind something, I'm an all or nothing guy. So, um, for me, I'm all in on the Hawks and, uh, and I have been since then. And I, I do have a soft spot for the flames. I must admit, but I'm all Hawks, baby. It's kind of funny. I see things the same way, man. You know, like I'm all in on the team, you know, like Matt's like, yeah, these guys are doing really great. You know, I'm like, fuck them. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a Hawks fan. <laughs> I'm yeah. on the flames, flames bus. Though. I, I like, you know, yeah. dude, I like the flames. I mentioned we had uh, another guy in the podcast who covered the Calgary flames. And, you know, I told him, man, I, I was a big Theron Fleury fan back in the day. Before they called him Theo, they call, I mean, his name's Theron Fleury. And, um, when I went to my first Blackhawks game, because I played NHL on Sega, you know, so I knew like a lot of the players, you know, from playing the game and there was this tiny dude in the game. I'm like, man, but this guy's good. So uh, I went to my first Blackhawks game and, and it was against the Calgary flames. And I got to see, uh, you know, Theron Fleury and Joe Newendike. And, um, you know, he was a little guy, but he was good, man. You know, he, you know, he was fast, you know, he kept up with everybody and, uh, and, you know, I was just in, in love with the team. I I I, th- I honestly believe that they have the best logo in sports. There's something about it that if you look at 
you know, if, if you look at teams nowadays, like actually, we'll, let's use Tampa Bay, for example. They have a, a very modern logo of, of what they have right now, the bolts, just like the bolt and like a half circle, you know, around it. And and that's pretty much it. I think that it's, it's really clean. I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks, they have like something of like a timeless mm-hmm. logo where it's not yeah. old. But it's not new, you know. It's it's like something, it's like something different, and you know, I could I really really appreciate that, and I I love that about the team. You know, the colors are red, white, and black. I mean, can that get any more fucking manly, dude? <laughs> you know, it's like those are like three awesome colors. I'm mean, a little white in there to kind of you know um, throw it off a little bit is is great. You know, so you could see some blood on your jersey when you have to you know throw on the foil. Hey, did did you like the blacks in the '90s? I did. I I you know I had one, and I'm really considering getting getting another one. Yeah, I, those are I, they, those were sharp. It was like they just substituted the black for the red on it, and it looks sick i was like i couldn't complain about it it's like don't do a lot you know like sarah marshall no don't do anything you know when he's going on the surfboard don't know you gotta do a little bit but don't do anything don't change that logo and that's why it's been so great right everything has been the same i mean they they modified a little bit i know the the indian head the crest is kind of minor changes but i agree with you man it's you can't mess with it all the best original six teams they don't change their logos at all right or their colors you know boston is another one you know it's another one where where you look at their their logo and it's like just don't do anything to this it's it's perfect and um you know the canadians yeah i mean i actually you mentioned it the the red wings like all of their logos man they're they're timeless the stripes and, and colors, perfect, perfect. Right, right. So, yeah, they did something yeah. right there. It's so, just New York. New York's got to change everything all the time. There's yeah, they do. There's a Liberty logo there. I mean, it's too much. Way yeah. too much. Yeah, they do. So, uh, have you ever been to a Blackhawks game, Blake? Never. I've never been to a live ice hockey game in the States over there or in Canada. So, that's definitely on the bucket list. It's even better in, in person. One thing that I was amazed about, even to this day, is when is when you're sitting there and you you're watching the game, dude. You're like, "Holy shit, this is fast!" <laughs> yeah, like wow. That's from, that, that was one question I was going to ask you because obviously the the um, jumping ahead a little bit, but the the hit on Kirby, the hip check there yesterday. Oh yeah. I mean, is that is that something where he could see, he could have seen that a bit quicker, or is it just, it just happens so quickly that you got no chance to react? Did did you see him leave his feet? He was bracing. Yeah. He was bracing for that hit, and he kind of Kirby got a little air, and it made it easier for uh, Gudis to do that. But you know what? You don't see hits like that in games when you go. So when you do see it, you're like, "Holy shit!" You know, you're like, "This is awesome." You know, I mean, you don't want to see your guy get hurt, but it was a pretty vicious, entertaining hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't think, especially in the NHL, it's so fast. I don't think that you could. You can, like Radko Gudis, when you see him, you're like, okay, he's coming in for a hit, you know. But if it's like, you know, Sidney Crosby, you know he's not going to come in and hip check you. So, um, but yeah, man, it's it's an incredibly fast game. You know, when you go to a, ba- have you ever been to a baseball game? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of, have you ever been to a uh, an American football game? 
No. What about <laughs> what about a, what about a soccer game so, or 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 football? Been to, yeah, been to a lot of soccer or football, cricket, so all the Australian sports. Really. Okay, been to plenty, 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 plenty. Yeah, like soccer, it's like you can sit there and you know, like have a conversation with somebody, but when it comes to like hockey, you can't just sit there and you know, kind of just shoot the breeze with somebody. I mean, you, well, you can, but most of the time, you're kind of just like talking in the direction towards the ice. And you're not really sitting there like having a conversation with somebody unless you're not going to pay attention to the game. But um, it's awesome. If you ever come to the States, dude, I'll hook you up with some tickets to a Blackhawks oh, game. Oh, we're, we're going with them. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're yeah I'm there. I'll yeah, hook you up with some we're, tickets. We're, we're bringing them. So, um, so, Blake, the Blackhawks have obviously, you've seen them at their height of, of what they are. Me personally, me and Matt, uh, we've seen them lose a hell of a lot more during our time in the fandom than win. So uh, what's going on right now is, is to be honest with you, just uh, old times. <laughs> but uh, what do you think, f- from from looking out from the outside perspective, you know, what do you think the Blackhawks, their direction right now as a team, are their main uh, points that they need to hit in the offseason? I think the focus still needs to be on the futures. I don't think this team is a, a couple of moves away from competing, even for a playoff spot, really. I know Kaner is still elite. He's a top five right winger in the league. He's probably the best passer in the league. I mean, Taser's lost a notch. The Cat is, again, he's a top five um, goal scorer, so he's a pure sniper. Goaltending is, is a serious issue, and it has been for a while since Crow left. Um, Jones, Seth Jones has been really, really good for my liking. I was a bit dubious initially when the when the trade went down, but I think he's been he's been really good. Yeah, sure, the cap hit is is not favorable for Chicago, but overall, I think his his on ice play has been really, really good. Um, and we've got some good young guys coming through. I mean, I, I like Kirby Dak. Uh, a lot of the fans are sort of quick to sort of write him off. I, I just feel he's it's too soon to be um, giving him a, a, a pure verdict. Just purely because I feel he was rushed. He was chucked into the deep end too quick. Stan Bowman was building this guy up on a massive pedestal to really fail, unfortunately, because as we all know now, particularly JC wasn't the man for the job. Yeah. And I, I mean, I felt that from early days. I, I didn't, I didn't feel it. Um, he didn't have the right vibe, the charisma, everything like that. He just didn't seem like the right coach that we needed at the time. And particularly coming from coach Q man, like that guy was, was the man. And, and um, so that was a big uh, changing. And I think now we just really need to build up that, that pool. I was, I was sad to see Hagel go, but what we got back in return, you can't say no to that. Right. You honestly, I don't know what you guys think, but you can't say no to that. Two firsts, two good solid players. Radish has even potential top six ability. I don't think Kachuk does, but I mean, the jury's still out. We've only seen small sample size, but Radish in his short sample size, I've, I've been really impressed. I have to agree with you 100% on there. And to be honest with you, when I see Radish, I'm, I'm actually thinking like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is a guy who could play with Jonathan Taves because, um, you know, ever since Hosa left, he hasn't been able to have two 
solid wingmates uh, that can um, that can complement his game, uh, which is which is unfortunate. Uh, you know, going forward, I, I I agree with you 100%. I think that the the goalie position is definitely one that needs to be that needs to be looked at, and there needs to be a priority towards it because where are we at with Lankinen? Because uh, this season has been somewhat of a waste for him. He was supposed to be a 1B, and he ended up being, you know, a second thought. And that wasn't good for his development. I think it's good that he got to see how Fleury got to go about his business day-to-day. But, uh, but you know, Lincoln, I don't think he had the opportunity to go in, go out, make mistakes, and come back and get some tutelage from, from Fleury. Matt, how do you feel about the goaltending situation? Well, yeah, like like I said before, it, it's tough. <laughs> You're sitting behind Flurry pretty much majority of the year. You you get a an occasional start every two weeks maybe, and then once you Not get going, that. yeah. And then once once you get going, you get hurt, and then you're out again. Then you got to rehab to get back, and that's not easy to do. I mean, it, it w- Flurry was great for us, the fans, to see this guy, but it it definitely hurt Lincoln's development. So, I agree with Blake. We we need to address the goaltending, and I think goaltending and the coaching staff is the main priority for the off season. This has to get figured out. I think. Um, Today's a big test for uh, to let Lankin in. He's playing against a, a very, very, very good team. They could w- three-peat. That's how good they are. And currently right now, they are beating us 4-2. to two. And he's kind of all over the place lately. He's not square to the shooter. He... He just like he kind of is looking like Subban lately. He's he, he'll make a yeah. nice save and he's he gets caught swimming or he overplays a shot too much. And I hate to jump back to that Buffalo game, but I will. The game winning goal, I watched that clip at least fifteen times as a goalie, and I watched it. And you know what? I I hate to blame him on that because it's very fluky. But what he did was wrong. He turned his back pivoting the wrong way, and his back was turned against the puck. If he would have turned straight going into the post, like meaning his, I think his stick side, leading with his stick, he could have prevented that puck from coming to the front, and it's an easy freeze right there. Take the face off, you're in overtime. I know the game doesn't matter, but these are the little things you have to do as a starting goalie. You don't see goalies like Vasilevsky giving goals up like that, ever. He's just too good. That or even Bobrovsky, he's been really good. They don't let up goals like that. And Lakinen is just—he's uh, got to get it together very soon because they're gonna—they're gonna move on from him. I think if he—if he's still this letting up softies every game, it's—it's got to stop. You know, talking about Vasilevsky, has the guy even been out of position once this entire year? Uh, the guy just tracks the plays, yeah. you know, so well, moves post to post, and is just so engaged. That it's um, you know it's hard to get pucks by him. Well, uh, yeah, and you see the guy; he never quits on anything. Even like say yeah. there's a a, a cross ice pass, say like a, a Debrinkat's waiting for that tapping. I've seen him put his glove behind his back. You ever see that save the yeah. behind the back? And he'll stop it. And it's like unbelievable. This guy has no quit in him, and I just feel like there's they he separates himself from the other goalies in this league just because he's his compete level is amazing. Totally agree. He's, he's the best in the world. He is Still, absolutely yep. the best in the world. There is no denying that. And, I mean, I, I can't, we can't expect the Hawks to go out and get a guy like that. But 
I mean, are we looking to build someone up? Do we have a – I mean, Soderblom, he's still a couple of seasons away. Camesso, he's just coming out of college. He's probably still got another year in college, maybe even before AHL. So we need to find a guy who can sort of just be a transitional goalie because I think think the management have faith in those younger guys. But do we go out and get like a Corpusalo, a Corpi from – um, Columbus yeah. in the off season uh, as a free agency, and he's there in, in transitional, and just keep Lanks as a as a backup. Yeah, and like a one Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the main problem here is that the Blackhawks th- they need like a two staged approach because they need like a like a place setter in goal so that the younger guys can have time to develop. You know, they need a coach that can mentor a young team and move them into the next stage to get them competitive. And then they need a coach that can win a Stanley cup. And those are two very different guys. And the thing is, is that you can't move on from somebody, you know, just because you've hit the next stage, you're like, Hey, you know, we got it here. And how many guys, you know, make it to that mid stage and they never make it past that. You know, and uh, and I think that's that's a significant problem. You know, me and Matt talk and I want to find the next good head coach in the NHL that is not in the NHL yet, because a lot of these coaches kind of go around, they circle around to other places and they kind of do the same thing there and they never win the chip. And these guys are always you know, like a, kind of like a fraternity of coaches, it, it seems like in a way. I want a younger guy, not a, I guess he doesn't have to be a younger guy, but I mean, just somebody who's new with some different perspectives and ideas that comes in and says, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what everybody else is doing. This is how we defend about against it. And uh, th- this is how we can score against these t- these type of these type of teams, yeah. and uh, and unfortunately, it's not a we get a new goalie, we get a new center, and we get a new coach, and that fixes the problem. You know, I, it almost seems like it's a multi tiered project uh, to t- to get the team to that point. Yeah, well, you just got to look at what St. Louis has done over at the Canadians, Bednar at the Avs. Brindamore at the Hurricanes. I mean, they've yeah. built those teams, you know, and, and St. Louis yeah. has looked good for the Canadians. I think the Hawks need to find a young assistant coach on a very successful team that's never got the shot. That's what I would kind of, I'd be kind of poaching other teams. Like, I, I mean, quite honestly, I don't know who's an assistant coach for Tampa or even Vegas, some somebody like that that's been successful over the years. That you know what he he's a good assistant coach, but he's just never got that shot. Maybe Davidson will go down that path. And as for him uh, with goaltending, I think he's going to be really busy this draft finding a goalie. And I th- I think he's going to want to put his footprint on this this team and kind of get rid of uh, Bowman's I guess baggage like he wants to you know like kind of like when Stan Bowman took over from Dale Talon he kind of changed stuff up a little bit and you know what I give him credit he I mean he he got rid of a lot of guys I know he had some cap issues but he retooled and he won two more cups so I got to give him credit for that Dale Talon is 100% 2010 that was all Dale 100% so but I give Bowman credit for that he did make some very stupid trades in his tenure here but um, it, it's hard to do. I mean, when you when you're up against the cap, you got guys making big bucks, and he still, you know, he brought in guys like uh, 
uh, Ray Emery, I think, was one of the best moves he's ever had. One of the best backup goalies we've ever had. But, what a warrior. Uh, yeah, great guy, amazing competitor. I think he made Crawford an, an even better goalie. He did, definitely. I think his compete level uh, raised Crawford's compete level. Yeah, and if Crawford took some nights off, it, we're comfortable with Razor, and Crawford didn't want to lose his job. So right. he, he upped his game as well. But going back to Davison, I think he's going to probably— I could see him moving up in the draft. I can honestly see him taking one of those Tampa picks to move closer this year if he really likes a guy. But there is a lot of uncertainty in this draft because it's been like the two COVID years and, you know, that you didn't really get a good, um, you know, kids playing games. They weren't really playing. Like even last year, it was just developmental stuff. Like it was uh, the, the Olympic type teams, the country teams. There wasn't any OHL. There wasn't any other leagues. So. I think Davidson has his work cut out for him, but I could see him definitely grabbing a couple goalies his first year at the draft. You could even make a case for, you know, saying, hey, you know what, we're going to sit back on this draft because we don't really know True. what's going to happen in this yeah. one, and let's get yeah. let's attack the next one. And then just to play devil's advocate, you know, maybe you could take advantage of this draft because people don't know who these, you know, what they're really getting with these players, and you move up to take somebody that you know, somebody wasn't looking at and he turns into the next, you know, Mo Sider or something. Yeah, I'm sure it's not That's accurate, these draft reports, because, like, how many games have these guys played? And, I mean, some of them lost two years of hockey, and it could be a fluke. Maybe one guy had a really good season and he's really not that good. And there's another guy who had a, you know, like, say, five goals and, you know, 20 assists, and now he's not that good, but he really is. So you never know what you're going to get. You know, don't yeah, forget. I mean, to me, it, it felt it almost felt like um, management and Davidson were focusing on the twenty three draft um, with the, with some of the moves we made at the deadline or didn't move. In, in fact, I mean, we didn't move Dahan, we didn't move um, some of the other guys, we didn't move Kubelik. These are guys who could have netted us pretty decent picks. You know what I mean? But I think because our first rounder is is headed towards uh, Columbus this year, I think he wanted to make that as high as possible. Um, so that we definitely don't get it and our focus can be on 23, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I could see him using that pick we got from Hagel, maybe with a guy like Kubelik and DeHaan to move up top 10 in the draft, somebody who maybe is interested, even somebody even better, like even like Dylan Strom's rights or something. I mean, I could definitely, I mean, I wouldn't leave it out of the, out of the equation. I mean, if you can get a move up in the draft, do it. I think Davidson did well, though. I mean, for me and Mike were surprised. I know I, I couldn't believe he got potentially three first-round picks, right? With right. Flurry, if they make the Western, yep. Western Conference, Conference Finals. Western Conference Finals, yeah. I was just going to mention huge. that. That'd be huge. I know they're higher picks, but when you're rebuilding, that's huge, man. That's huge. You know, it, it's like I'm going to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde during the playoffs because I'm going to be rooting for Minnesota to lose because I hate Minnesota, but then I'm going to want them to win so we can get that first-round draft pick. <laughs> Well, they they just have to make it there, right? They don't have to win the right, Western Conference Right, they just have to make yeah. it to the Western Conference they, Finals. They could. The flurry could carry them there. You never know. You never I think, know. isn't Nathan McKinnon injured right now because he got into well, a he, fight? He, 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 yeah, he fought Matt Dumba, actually, from Minnesota. It's funny yeah. we're talking about it. It's a small world. But he uh, he came back. Uh, he missed one game after that fight. But that just it's insane how, why that guy is fighting at this time of the year right now. Are you kidding me? I'd take him if I'm Sackick. Taking him to a private room, dude. What are you doing? 
You're, you're our best player. Why are you dropping the gloves? And then I would say McKinnon. That's why we need to bring the enforcer back. <laughs> that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this guy shouldn't be having to do that. Uh, but you know what? If you... I get it, man. You know, it's like the guy, he, he he plays every game like it's his last. He's a hyper competitor. I get it. And you know what, man? It's really hard to tell someone like, hey, man, um, can you bring your compete level down? You know? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. dude, this is the way that I play. If this guy's being a dick, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to let him know that I don't like it. You know? And I, well, he, he's got a letter on his on his sweater. So, I mean, he's yeah. doing something right. Well, even Matt Dumba, if I'm Minnesota, why, why are you fighting? You're one of our best defensemen. Come on, yeah. man. We're, we're trying to make the playoffs. We just got Marc-Andre yeah. Fleury to get us over that home. Why are you right. fighting? Right. So, it's just crazy. You don't, when you see two star kind of players fight like this. I think it was because McKinnon didn't like the hit that Dumba delivered. Well, yeah, sometimes, you know, I mean, quite honestly, if this was the 90s and Kirby Doc got hit like yesterday, Bob Probert would have ripped that guy's beard off of yeah. his face yesterday. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just how different it or is Stu now. Grimson, like, honestly, Stu Grimson would have been going down the line on the bench, Stu you know, Grimson's anybody. mitts are <laughs> the size of, you. do you see that guy's hands? Like, he, he would put man. that hand right through that guy's face you, if he... To touched a young player like that. You just, the Hawks don't have that. They haven't had that since the 90s. I'll tell you what, man. When I think of Stu Grimson, you got to th- think of one thing. The reason that he was on the, on the Blackhawks was because they needed somebody to fight Bob Probert. If you are that guy, I mean, uh, you're, you're one of the baddest dudes in the league, you know? If you, if your sole purpose is to be out there because Bob Probert's out there, you know? Because so how do you think such... he felt? Like, hey, yeah, we need you to go against Proby at least what twelve times a year. Oh, okay. I'm a graduate of. He's like yeah. an Ivy League guy. Know. He's like, okay, well, uh, you know, uh, Proby typically likes to throw uh, three left hands and then uh, then an uppercut. So he probably looked at it from more of an analytical perspective because true, you know, yeah. Gr- Grimson's he's such bright. a such Very a bright. smart guy. But uh, he's a great analyst, man. I, I yeah. love seeing him on. On TV, do, do you get to see him, Blake Stu Grimson? Yeah, I, I get little yeah. bits and pieces over here, so yeah. it sort of cuts out for a lot of the ad breaks. So we only just get like little snippets, and we don't get to see the ads from. Well, um, he the he's United the States. best one this season, and he's only been doing it like what four or five games, Mike. Yeah, so yeah. so Blake Stu Grimson back in the nineties, uh, early nineties, was a uh, was a Blackhawks player. Uh, he wore number 23. I, I remember this because I was like, okay, Michael Jordan wears number 23 for the Bulls. Who wears number 23 for the Blackhawks? And my uncle's like, Stu Grimson. I'm like, oh, he must be really good because he wears number 23. He's like, uh, you know, he's he's good. <laughs> but uh, Stu Grimson, dude, was a complete maniac, man. Um, but he is such um, – when you, when you see him, you're like, is this the same – player is this the same guy who was practically shirtless you know trying to grab anybody he could to get at wendell clark during the uh what was that the saint patrick's day massacre or something and uh he just went completely insane he was a tough guy but then you see him on tv man and he's just so articulate he's and um yeah he's and he's a great he's a great analyst so they're doing a good job bringing this guy back in you know he's an ex-hawk so um ironically he fought Probert when Probert played for Detroit and he played for the Blackhawks. And then later on in his career, he fought Probert as a member of the Red Wings when Probert was on the Blackhawks. So, uh, you know, a little, um, I guess, a little trivia there for you. 
if you're ever at a bar and they're doing Blackhawks trivia and you could win. Well, uh, well, when you were saying he's uh, he's probably studying the hits and uh, then let's say one of the Hawks players walks in. Hey, it doesn't matter. He's so out of it right now. You can hit him with five rights to the face. Probert's still going to come at you. <laughs> right, right. So essentially, uh, I would say that Probert is is a is a fan favorite uh, type of guy because of who he was, you know, back when he played. And um, and he's a really likable guy, just, you know, just watching him on TV. So, Blake, um, do you play like any uh, do you play like any sports on your on, on your free time? Do you like to play like try do you like any roller hockey or anything? Uh, I'd love to, but I just I work a lot. So uh, time doesn't really allow me. And uh, any any like I've I've had injuries in the past. So it takes a lot of lot from work and I've got. Uh, a lot going on so it's uh, difficult for me to sort of run that risk reward but I do love it I follow it I used to play a lot of um, different and varying sports when I was younger but now not so much unfortunately cool man so do you have any predictions for uh, for next season Hawks are are they going to be middle of the pack maybe finish at the end again are they going to surprise some people maybe play for a wild card Nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly think we're we're going to be a top ten pick again. Let's, okay. We've got to be real. That's where we're going. We're rebuilding. I mean, I don't even know whether Taser's going to be there next season. I don't yeah. know whether Kane is going to be there next season. I think I would Kane love will. them to be there. I think Taves will be back too. Um, but yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm going to put my stamp on it. Taves is going to be back next year. Um, me and Matt have been going back and forth on, you know, what kind of contracts they're going to sign, you know, when they get the opportunity, because this summer they get an opportunity to extend. Do you think that the Blackhawks are going to extend them both or, or just Kane, or what do you think is going to happen? Depending on what the players want, but from, if I was in Davidson's shoes, yes, I would be. Um, but I've heard, I've heard what you guys have been saying on the podcast. I don't necessarily agree that they're going to get the same contract and hear me out. The reason for that, it's because Taser missed an entire season. Yeah. So we paid him his 10 mil for a whole year. So I think if I'm in a management position, this is coming from my business side of this, I'd be going to him and saying, mate, you, we paid you for a whole year and uh, you didn't play for us. So Kane is going to get his 9 million or whatever we're going to give him. And we're going to give you your 5, 6 million over the same period because we paid you with that money and you didn't play for us and I know he's a he's a leader in the in the locker room and I know he's won the cups and stuff but at the end of the day it's also a business so Mm -hmm. that's where I'd be coming from you know it's funny Taves also and it can can come right back and say how much money have you made off of the jerseys that I've sold (laughs) how much money have you guys made from the Stanley Cups that I went you know over the past 10 years you know I'm sure it's a lot more than the 84 million that you've paid me. So in, in a sense, yeah, good point. You can just call it, we can just call it even we'll call it even. Yeah. 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 I mean, I did my job and on the other end, you guys did your job by, by, by paying me yeah. what, what I was worth. And, um, I, yeah. How does, I mean, how does also Kane react to that? Yeah. I mean, Kane, to be honest with you, I think Kane is a rink rat and he doesn't really uh, get into the business side of things. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who's like, oh, um, why is he making 500,000 more than I am? You know, I think that he's more interested in the, 
I think he's more interested in the what's on the ice type of a thing. Yeah, yeah, clearly. I think I think I agree. I think Kane. He, I think he's not Evander Kane. We should say, <laughs> I, or he's not in the NFL, like where he looks at somebody else. <laughs> right, getting a, right. Why do I get this? He's getting that. Well, dude, you signed four years ago. He signed this year. The market's different. So fuck it. <laughs> Calm down. I'm sitting out. Yeah, exactly. I hate that crap, man. That's garbage. <laughs> but I think that Kane. If they said, hey, Kaner, we want you here, but you know what? This rebuilding, we, we need you to take a, a pretty good discount. And I know Kane is not – he doesn't care about the money anymore, dude. He he's Like you said, he's a rink rat. This is his life. Yeah. I think he, he just wants to be out there with the boys, living the hockey life. And I could see him another three years, yeah, maybe five million, like e- even six. But – if Taves is looking to get paid, I think that would be nuts. Yeah, I think it would too. I don't think yeah. that he is, but I mean they've both made over a hundred million so far, which probably is probably more than that because they got the Chevy, <laughs> all the Chevy. Oh no, what I mean, what I, oh, what I oh, mean by, contracts. By, by NHL contracts. Yeah, they've yeah. they've made you know they've made about a hundred million, a little about maybe one hundred five million so far. Uh, from their contracts. I don't yeah, think that if you told yeah. Taves, like, hey, look, man, we're looking to rebuild this thing um, to have a chance for maybe your last season, we'll take a run at it, you know, but we need some cap space. I think that he might be willing to do that. I hope so because he's like, you know, Steve Eiserman with yeah. Detroit. I think I mean, that it, matters to him. You know what's crazy? They're both number 19. They were both captains very early. They both got cups. They both yeah. got selkies. They... They've been very good. And even Joe Sackick, he spent this the whole time. You know, I know they, right. they were the Nordiques and then they they went over to Colorado, but another number nineteen center captain. Right. So I I hope he stays. I don't want him. It'd be so weird watching him in a Winnipeg Jets jersey, because that's the only team I can see him going to, quite right. honestly. But um Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope so. I I I know I disagree with what he's been saying lately. He's been like you said, he's emotional. He's kind of getting frustrated with the the rebuilding and all the changes and the inconsistent playing and maybe the coaching changes and all the crap that's happened this year. And I, I don't blame him. It sucks. But you know what? You're a leader, and we, these young guys need you. They can learn a lot. I Quite honestly, if the cat is in the plans, I'd like to see him at the max level he can take uh, uh, for term-wise. Hopefully a $10 million, $9 million deal would be great. And I'd like to see him get the C, and I'd like to see Taves and Kane get the A, and Taves, you know, like just kind of slowly pass the torch to him, like, hey, this is what you got to do when you're the captain. You know what, man? I think if anything, if anything happens, like Taves retires, and even if Kane has one year left, I think that they would give him the C out of respect. It would be classy, and I wouldn't mind that at all. Taking into consideration how, how... how much he's played, how consistent he's been. He's always been there. It took him a long time to get a letter because, you know, we had established leaders here for so long. And I think that if anything that, that Patrick Kane would deserve, I, I think that he would deserve to see, I think to would say, no, I, I can't do that. Not while Kaner's that, that'd be still classy. here, yeah. you know? Yeah. I yep. know when Kane was named captain of the Olympic team, oh, I yeah. think he, I'm pretty sure he was. I know he was pumped, man. And yeah, he, he, was. he was the older guy and he really took a lot of pride in that. It yeah. would be pretty cool to see him wear a C. I would not mind that at all. Well, he, he plays, uh, I mean, he's played in the, well, right before COVID, yeah, he the, was playing during the summer times in the, 
in the tournaments and he was a captain, man. And, yeah. you know, the guy just always shows up. He, you know what? He probably was a captain on every youth team yeah. <laughs> growing up because he was so good. Yeah. And then he gets to the NHL and, of course, he gets drafted after Taves. And Taves <laughs> is just a natural-born leader. Yeah. He's like, ah, damn, I'm never going to get to see. But yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna get the game-winning goal in, <laughs> in yeah. the Stanley Cup, the first one in, like, 50-something years, 49 <laughs> years or whatever. So. Oh, man. I, you know what? If they make it back to the playoffs and he's on the team, he's got to bring that mullet back, man, because every— Every time he did it, they won a cup, man. We had the had the lines on on the sides, the steps oh, on the yeah. side. I, I think you should sick. just do it anyway. He, he pulls it <laughs> off. <laughs> well, cool, well, Blake, man. Why don't you give um, why don't you give everyone you know like if you want them to follow you on on Twitter if you're trying to bring any awareness to your Twitter or if there's any organizations that you that you want to bring some awareness to, why don't you? Uh, feel free to share it. Um, yeah, you can follow me on the Twitter. I think my handle is at Blake R. Murray, I believe. Um, but other than that, that's, that's where you can find me if you have any questions or want to chat to me. I'm always chatting sport, always chatting a lot of Blackhawks. So happy to uh, get involved. I think that I'm going to start when, if I ever see it on TV, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at cricket, dude. And then, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you. Cause I'm always, I'm well, always <laughs> willing to get into new stuff. I'm actually, I've been getting into rugby and, and how absolutely savage of a sport that it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the words Very of Raphael. you should look at. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry, too. I was just saying in the words of Raphael, the Ninja Turtle, cricket, you should call it crumpet or whatever he says. I was just dying when he said that. 1980, the 1990 Ninja Turtles. Thanks, Casey Matt. Casey Jones pulls out the cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cricket? <laughs> well, cricket is you gotta a, know what a, a crumpet is. Sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, no, Blake. Some great sports over here. So uh, AFL is another great sport you can look at for sure. So it's are, a, are the main Australian sports sport. in Australia cricket and what else do you guys have? AFL. Okay. Is that like the uh, Australian Football League? Yeah, it's, it's uh, Aussie rules, correct. Okay. Yeah, massive. It's the biggest sport over here. Is, is it like uh, American football? Uh, it's, it's like that it's only that country, but yeah, it's uh, it's completely different sport. There's a lot of kicking, a lot of kicking. That's why a lot of the punters from AFL – they go over to the NFL as the punters because we can kick so far. Oh, okay. Wow. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. Do they? Is that where they they put? Uh, say you score, you score. Is that where they put the ball like towards like the right side of the field and try to kick it through the uprights? No. So that's um, that's rugby league. That's another sport. Okay. So it's similar hmm. to rugby. AFL. If you kick a goal, the ball goes right into the middle, and it's what they call like a, a center bounce. But a bit like hockey, so it goes to the center, and it's a it's a jewel off to see who gets the gets the ball. Wow, interesting. Well, cool, man. I want to thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Most importantly, we really appreciate your uh, you've been following us for a really really long time, man. We really appreciate that. Uh, you know, obviously, we've been doing this you know, for about 15 months now. And you've been with us uh, since the beginning. I remember you uh, messaging us and, you know, commenting and stuff. And I just want to let you know that for me and Matt, we really, really appreciate that. And, yep. Thank and you, if, buddy. you know, if you tell anybody about us in Australia, because I think if coincidentally, if it's spreading from in Australia, it's probably because of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, I've got a few. I've got a few friends who follow hockey. I've only got one other Blackhawk fan, but he's uh, he's tied up with family all the time, so he, he, it's difficult for him to watch games. But yeah, no, definitely spreading the words. Appreciate you guys allowing me on to today, and um, I feel privileged. Thanks again. All right, man. Thanks again, man, Thank for coming buddy. on, and uh, catch us on the next one. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.